Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our look at the book of 2 Thessalonians. We're drawing close to the end right here. Probably a couple more episodes of it. So let's go to the third chapter. Second Thessalonians, beginning with the sixth verse. And Paul says this, Now, we command you, brethren. Now notice, it's a command. And he calls them brethren. He just keeps wanting to remind them, we are brothers, we are one in the Lord. So often we forget that. So we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life and not according to the tradition of, which you received from us. Boy, that is uh, sort of a loaded (laughs) uh, verse right there, is it not? But it's actually quite simple to understand. Uh, We don't do this as a body of Christ to the detriment of the body of Christ. If we do try to do it, we sort of do it backwards and in a wrong kind of way and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, This is uh, along uh, the topic of what is often called church discipline. And, uh, you know, that sounds scary in and of itself. It's like uh, you're being hauled before the principal or something like that. But the idea behind this is that we do have a role and responsibility with one another to help one another and to encourage one another to walk in the way that we should. And everything that is done within the church discipline arena, uh, the things that are spoken of here, what is spoken of in Titus, what is spoken of in Corinthians, what is spoken of in Matthew 18, and these are all passages related to this thing, it's all motivated by two things. It's motivated by love, okay? Motivated by love and motivated by restoration. Okay, that we love one another. And we notice this is every brother, Okay, this is someone who's a true believer. Okay, it's a brother, and our goal is to love them, but to restore them and that they would be brought back into the proper path. Well, what's the proper path? Well, let's look at it again. And notice it's a command again. This isn't something that he beseeches them or uh, requested of them. He used several different uh, terms in these letters, but this is a command. And he says he does it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I command you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm, That's powerful, is it not? That you keep away. Okay. And the word actually means to avoid. Keep away from every brother who leads or walks, what it means, walks disorderly and unruly and undisciplined life and not according to the traditions which you receive from us and some translations have that they received from us. In other words, Paul has given them some teaching. And we've seen this already in these two letters, the various things that he's encouraged them with, that he's taught them about. And so he's telling us that if someone is a brother and they're a true believer, okay, but they're acting unruly and they're walking it with an undisciplined life, then keep away from them, avoid them. Uh, Titus, I think, is the one that uses the phrase to remain aloof from them. Now, it doesn't mean to be rude to them. So if you're going along, you walk and run into them at the grocery store or something, you don't turn your nose up and turn your back and walk down the aisle. No, 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 no. That's not the picture that you see when you look at the totality of, of what God has to say about the subject matter. What he's saying is this, is that you keep away from them from the point of view of the normal fellowship that you might have. 
Okay, so I might have a certain relationship with somebody where we'd go out to eat, we'd hang out together, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I would have to tell them, okay, I'm gonna have to remain aloof from you. Doesn't mean rude. Doesn't mean that I don't care. As a matter of fact, I do care. And the fact that I care so much is what's leading me to do this. And the whole point is restoration to the Most High God, that they would not walk in a life of sin, that they would not live an unruly life. Uh, Paul continues in verse 7 of chapter 3 of 2 Thessalonians. He says, For you yourself know how you ought to follow our example. Now, this is something that we've mentioned a couple times before through various episodes, that we have a role and a responsibility to live as examples for one another. And I know this quite often makes people nervous because, you know, immediately those are going, oh, but I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I can't be an example for anybody. You know, that type of spiritual wishy-washiness, <laughs> that type of just copping out and flaking out, you know, that does no good within the kingdom. We're not talking about perfectionism from the, in the flesh. What we're talking about is each one of us needs to live in a way that we will be the example that the other needs. Listen to what Paul says, for you yourself know how you ought to follow our example. In other words, it's literally the idea for follow is to imitate us because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you. Well, I wonder what he's talking about, this undisciplined manner. Is he talking just about sin or what? Well, maybe the next three verses will give us, uh, two verses will give us a little insight right here because they're all part of one sentence. He expands upon it. Verse 8, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with labor and hardship we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you, so that you would follow our example. Oh, well, that gives us a little insight right here. Uh, This undisciplined laziness, slothfulness is what he's talking about. And folks, there are so many professing believers, and there's so many believers that live in this way. Let me just tell you the truth, just between us girls. There are so many that vocationally are leaders within the body of Christ that live this way. It makes my stomach turn. I mean, some of the laziest, slothful people I know are people that are behind pulpits on Sunday morning. And you see it day in and you see it day out. I mean, I've had them say things. Well, I've already put in my 30 hours this week. You know, I've put 30 hours in the first three days this week. And I'm going, are you kidding me? I know of people, uh, most of the folks I know of, that it's not just a 40-hour life anymore, folks. But that's sort of the mindset. And 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 it's horrible because they're they're like master moochers. I know I've known some. I mean, I experienced this. I just know I better hide the coffee pot because they find that I got a certain kind of coffee. You know, they're gonna and I don't mind. You know, I would say, hey, you want some? That's fine. But it's the attitude and the expectation that oh, I am do this, I am do this, and their entire pattern and practice of life is this of mooching off other people particularly the body of Christ. And then they're just lazy about everything else. It really, really gives me a righteous indignation and irritation when they're lazy from the point of view of the Word of God, when they're lazy from the point of view that they don't study the Scriptures, okay? They don't learn the Scriptures themselves. They literally, literally uh, pirate other people's sermons. That type of thing, uh, it just... I don't see why people do that, though I know why. It's slothfulness, 
It's laziness. Now, I'm not talking about how we need resources with one another. Boy, I totally understand it. There's uh, four or five people that have just had tremendous impact in my life, and I continue to learn from them constantly. And I want to read everything that they put out. I want to hear every message they have. No, boy, we need that with one another. But I don't get up there and print out their teaching for a Bible study class and then read what they said. Okay. If I do read a major portion, or if you'll hear me say something like, hey, I got a friend who's taught me this, or I've read this from somebody. You know, you give credit where credit is due. What Paul is saying, these folks are living undisciplined lives. He said, we set an example for you. We have very few examples nowadays that are living disciplined lives, disciplined in prayer, disciplined in the Word of God, disciplined in loving the body, discipline and being an example to where they're not taking bread off anybody without paying for it, where they do their own labor and their own hardship working night and day and don't expect other people to labor night and day on their behalf and are a burden to them. Okay. Now, I know I'm on a high horse about this, so I better be quiet down right here, finish this last part of this sentence. Verse 9, he says, not because we do not have the right to do this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that we would follow our, that you would follow our example. They had a right, okay, to teach them the word and to receive, let's say, food or shelter or something like that. But he said, we didn't do that because we wanted to be a model, an example. Tell you what, folks, we need more models and more examples. Let us start with each one of us, okay? Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.